Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Parts Unknown podcast. My name is Ben Green, and I'm sat here at the table of the apartment of Mr. John Ashdown. John Ashdown, how are you? I'm very well, thanks, Ben. Great balls. Thank you very much. Very nice nuts as well. <laughs> the nuts we had were lovely. Oof. The, the nuts were probably better than the balls. Honey roasted. I would say, yeah, quite possibly. How would you rate the balls? I thought it was a 6 out of 10 show overall. We've kind of busted out. We've sort of gone too early with this. Well, six out of ten early. Nobody needs to listen anymore. We've tickled the balls too soon. Well, here we are. Yes, we've just been watching Great Balls of Fire, the WWE's latest Raw pay per view. Started with the old school drive in movie kind of thing, which uh, I didn't enjoy at all. You enjoyed even less than me. I thought it was a wor- one of the worst things I've ever seen in, in professional wrestling. I bang on about um, wrestling always treads a bit of a fine line but what you don't want is for wrestling to make you feel stupid for watching it and those sorts of intros make you feel a bit stupid for watching it because you get these you know you get a cadillac pulling into a drive-through you know um cinema and like a kind of drive-in cinema and a drive-through drive-in, restaurant yeah, drive-through cinema would be like very short films i yeah. suppose but then, like, then, you know, saying, oh, because now it's the Beast Braun Strowman. It's like, what? Those, those two things don't work together at all. Also, it was never uh, referenced throughout the rest of the program. If you think about it, there was no other reference to the, to the name of the, the show, to the fact that it was this, had this 30s, in theory, this 30s theme, which was then never referred to. If you look back at old, um, you know, WCW pay-per-views and stuff, at least they kept that thread. You know, Halloween Havoc. Um, would have Halloween themed matches and a lot of havoc. But this was just, oh, I just, I, I don't understand. I wasn't expecting quite so much vitriol from you, John, um, because I, I was going to say that my problem is that this was probably the most excited I've been about a WWE pay per view. Certainly since we started doing this podcast, it was a short card: Brock versus Samoa Joe. It's a fantastic sounding fight, really exciting. Um, I just didn't think that it fitted that. So the, the the drive-in theme fitted Absolutely. that kind of card. You know, that could have been a UFC style card, a, a proper bit of fighting, yeah. and it seemed a bit silly to have goodness gracious, great balls of fire at the beginning. You've got two. The top two sort of matches on the card were in theory monster versus monster and monster versus monster. You know, you had four big guys, angry, aggressive. You know, they weren't. It wasn't an AJ Styles match or something where you've got. You know, you know, you're going to get some some wrestling involved. It was like four hosses. It was a hoss fest. It was really hoss fest, and yet you've got sort of framed by Marty McFly going back to the 1955 and the fish under the sea dance. We we did get to hear at least though uh, the German, Japanese, Russian, all of the all of the announced teams say "Great Balls of Fire" in their particularly funny foreign accents, which you know everyone everyone's got to enjoy that. (laughs) So that was achieved. Anyway, we started on an entirely negative track here. Um, 
how's Braun Strowman? Have we got any bra- any updated news? Just, that was, you know, let's lower the tone slightly. I'm here. worried. I'm, I'm really worried about it. And uh, I don't know if everybody who's seen the show, presumably they have, and uh, they'll have seen that uh, he was reversed into a conveniently placed uh, truck in the back of an ambulance by uh, Roman Reigns. EMTs arrived and various emergency services to cut him out of the ambulance. Hydraulic equipment rather than kind of move the ambulance forward and get him out the back doors which presumably would be open at that point um or try the keys and uh, when they got him out he was basically fine because he could walk around so (laughs) it was absolutely dandy (laughs) we'll come on to uh braun versus roman a bit later in the uh the ambulance match let's start just to be clear a hugely offensive angle it's offended your guardian sensibilities. Not my guardian sensibilities, my wrestling <laughs> sensibilities, because because stuff actually has happened in wrestling rings over the years in which you have to have the, you know, the serious voices are are required, and I hate I do I do think it's awful when they kind of do that mock seriousness. I think is really in bad taste. Anyway, let's. Um, I, th- I think we've been going for about five minutes now, and I don't think we've it's said anything, anything, anything good at all, uh, apart from. We should change the name of this podcast to "Why We Hate Wrestling." That's your gimmick, John. Uh, let's start with Bray Wyatt versus Mr. Seth Rollins, the curtain jerker. They uh, they say you either want to go on last or you want to go on first. Um, I don't think either of these guys wanted to go on first, based on where they were a couple of months ago. Um, there was no hype package. There was no anything for this. You haven't been watching Raw recently. Uh, you don't really know why these two are fighting, except they're sort of upper upper card people. But hmm, this was uh, this was quite an odd match. Um, I felt that you know that um, Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins, he's um, he's problematic for me now. Uh, I, I'm very excited by him being as a worker, but he has such a bland character now. He's neither he's neither baby nor heel. He's he's not, but not that he's a tweener. He's just hasn't really got anything about him. Seth Rican Rollins doesn't really mean anything. He also has the wettest hair now. He's overtaken <laughs> he's overtaken Roman in that regard. Um, hasn't had a belt for over a year. Sure, he was injured for a long time there but I can't see him getting a belt and continuing on this trajectory well that's the problem isn't it I think between with both of these two really and the problem with the match was that they're two guys where what is their what is their trajectory no one's going up neither of them are going down they're just kind of like flatlining a little bit which is a real shame for two guys who who can who can do more than just flatline or at least certainly Seth can and I have my doubts about Bray these days to be honest but you know, it was just one of those thrown together matches that did nothing for either of them, I think, really. Now, what was unusual in this match was that uh, Bray cheated to win, neither of which he tends to do at all, i.e. cheating or winning. Um, and he did. <laughs> he, he came out with the W in this one, winning with a thumb to the eye and then a sister Abigail, which was which was quite a surprising ending. I, I didn't see that coming just because... I'm conditioned to expect to expect Bray Wyatt to lose. Yeah, he's known as the doer of jobs for reason, for a good reason. Um, uh, yeah, but then, but the, the, you know, you kind of think, well, okay, that that really should be a big win for him. You know, going over reasonably clean over over Seth, the face of the new video game. Let us not forget yeah, the face as, of as, was, as you know they made sure to remind us on commentary. Um, you know, they've got a surely that does that mean anything? Does, does that mean that Bray's going to be pushed or anything? Well. He, you know, he had a title three months ago, 
and now he's you know opened the show in a mean in a meaningless match. So yeah, it's hard. It was a match that was hard to get excited about when really with those two, you, sh- you know, there should have been good reason to get excited. He does have a new pointy leather jacket, which is quite nice. And uh, he also, I, I don't know if you noticed this, uh, he did some very nice camp facials at some points. He did an ooh matron kind of face, uh, which was uh, an, an addition to his oeuvre. But um, I, don't, I don't know if that's... Maybe that's like a character development that we can we can see. Like, we'll get Cambrai. Suchi Cambrai. Yeah. Suchi, sir. We'll go a bit sort of Adrian Adonis. Gold Mo- dust. <laughs> Moving along. We went to Enzo versus Big Cass. Now, whereas that that match that we just discussed didn't have a hype package, this uh, this had a, a brilliant a one. Hype package, yeah. Probably yeah. the longest one of the night, I would have thought. That's right, because I, I said to you, I'm going to try and watch the first hour so that it's not too late when we record, because it's now... It's now ten past eleven. I've been up since half past five this morning. Um, but as it turned out, that first hour only enabled me to watch <laughs> two, pretty much two matches. Um, that's because Enzo came into the ring after this this lengthy uh, build up, which was very entertaining. And I've heard I I haven't watched Raw uh, as we've just discussed. I haven't watched Raw recently, but I've I've heard about I listen to all these all the wrestling podcasts so I know what's been going on but to see it very nicely encapsulated uh, it was really good and I, I was very impressed with Cass with how he was and that that Enzo tier that moved well it moved you John it didn't move me but it it takes a lot to move you but, but clearly um, a man with a ridiculous beard and hairstyle crying that's that's what does it well I quite like it I quite like a good a good tag team breakup angle don't have any problem with that at all you know, going all the way back to Strike Force and uh, you know Tito and Rick Martel when they, when they uh, that was tragic, that really was. Well, that was when uh, Rick Martel just left just left Tito. Um, I think they were against the Brain Busters. I think so too. Yeah, and he just walked out, and that was kind of in its own way very poignant. He didn't need any tears. He didn't need any kind of you know fake re- reconciliations. Although they probably did have actually a fake reconciliation. In fact, when he walked out, they would probably reconcile. And then you, you know, think about the Rockers. That's what a great uh, breaker panel that was. Yeah, so I don't have any problem with. Like, I think I think a tag team breaker panel is, is is a good thing, and we could have we saw this coming from a fairly long way away. Um, I guess the problem is it with it is that um, it was so obvious which of the two had the kind of future, if you like, in the in the upper echelons. I mean, because let, let's face it, Enzo Enzo is just a talker. And a really annoying one at that for for us uh, edging towards forty. He's very over with the crowd. You know, he he still did his whole I Enzo Amore thing at the beginning of this match, which I had a problem with. I'll come back to that in a sec. But but yeah, he he did he did that whole thing. He danced on the spot, shuffle shuffle. But he's tiny, and he his whole thing in the tag team was getting beaten up for Big Cass to come in and now up against Big Cass surprise surprise he gets beaten up <laughs> and he's got nothing I, I'm, I can't remember any offence at all that he put in here and the finish of the match is Big Cass picking him up um, kind of like gorilla press thing chucks him from chucks him to the outside quite a nasty bump and, and Enzo does take these bumps um, and then he gets back in at nine and three quarters and then gets a big boot to the to the head. And, and that's that. And the feud will probably continue, but you can't ever see 
Enzo doing something uh, or getting the win over over Cass. Certainly not without a bit of help. And there's Big Show is involved in the storyline as well. Didn't turn up in this pay-per-view. But yeah, there's definitely a limit to how far Enzo can go in this feud and as a singles competitor I think he's probably gonna you know not a bad shout this is something you said when we were watching put him in the put him in the cruiserweights whereas Cass um Cass is gonna go straight to the main event and um, him against uh Braun or Brock or Roman you can see that happening and he's he's he was good at playing the heel in this I thought he he was talking throughout the match the whole time. He was uh, taunting the crowd. They were giving him the cast hole thing, which I quite like. That's nice. It's nice when these things happen by accident <laughs> or design. Let me just say one thing about this, uh, their split here. This, I mean, some people have, have referenced that this is kind of like Sean and Diesel when they, they split. No, they weren't a tag team, but they Diesel was his... They were the tag team so... Oh really? Yeah. Well, I had this. I just thought he was his muscle. This is not my. Was, this is not they, my generation. Had, him, had one of those Sean when Sean was in his element of basically being able to choose what belts he had. They definitely held the tag team titles for a while, and I don't think they ever lost them. I think they probably just relinquished them at some point. All right, side eight. Because at some point, I think I think I'm right in saying, and I'm sure somebody will correct me when I'm wrong. It was that they had all the belts. So Sean was. Uh, the WWF champion as was and tag team champion and Diesel was the Intercontinental and tag team champion all the other way around. Um, yeah, so they had it all. All three belts were between the two of them at one point. All right, side uh, sidebar to that. If you think back to Bad Blood, the first ever Hell in the Cell, Shawn Michaels is the, Europe- the European champion yeah. in that match and he very piss-takingly says, I will, I will not be defending my prestigious European title in this match. I'm just going to have to go it alone, yeah. Yeah, that's so, classic. That was the kind of same era where he was just like... He just did what everyone did. Yeah. But I think I think in many ways, whilst he's gone off on this tangent, it does reinforce the point that Enzo is no Sean. Um, but, but Cass could well become... Kevin Nash. <laughs> Kevin, <laughs> Kevin Nash in ring. I mean, he does hold up the hand. Um, he's probably already better than Kevin Nash in ring, I would say. Quite when you say that about Big Sexy. <laughs> doesn't have to be quite the same. Kevin Nash has, has, a, has a strong personality, which I don't think necessarily Cass has yet. But, you know, maybe. I can see that. Okay. Do you want to take the lead on the, the next match, which was your highlight of the evening? It was the Hardys versus Sheamus and Cesaro. An Iron Man tag team match. An Iron Man, which is only 30 minutes, which isn't really an Iron Man. But, um, okay, that's fine. Uh, and the final score was four three, I believe. You're quite right. Yeah. Um, there was an early early pinfall for uh, Cesaro and Sheamus, and what it did, I thought, and what I particularly liked about it was that uh, it changed the crowd's preconceptions. You know, we get we're very used to we're conditioned to somebody hits their finisher for the first time, the opponent kicks out. That just happened, and you build and build, and then after three or four finishes, five or six finishes. Kick out, kick out, kick out. Eventually, somebody, eventually, somebody stays down. But we kind of, you can see it coming, and we're very, very conditioned to knowing when the finish is going to be. And it's very rare these days that we actually get a surprise finish. Whereas what this match did, because there were seven pinfalls in half an hour, um, was it made those finishers count again? You, the crowd didn't know when, when the when there was going to be a pinfall, when there was going to be a point on either side. And so it made, it made the crowd really... By the last 10 minutes, the crowd were really invested because every time somebody went down, 
and somebody was flat on their back, the crowd thought this could be the crucial pin. Same when they went outside. So I, that's that's what I liked about it. I didn't think it was a yeah, classic wrestling match, although the finish was very, very sort of slick. It was very well timed. Yeah, and perfectly timed. Mm. Um, you know, I didn't think it was like out of this world in kind of in ring, but I thought the the way that the style of match managed to get the crowd on side was 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 really good. I really enjoyed it. Were you anticipating from the outset that it was going to be like a one 0 finish, like a Brett and Sean? Well, as I said to you when we start when we, when we started it, what are the odds? Yeah, somebody will be in either in a submission hold or be pinning somebody as the clock runs out, and that's what happened. Um, and you can tell from a you know an Ironman match generally uh, if there's an early pinfall, it's going to be a high scoring one. I think it was within ten seconds yeah, that there was the big boot by Sheamus. Like yeah. yeah, so you can okay. There's going to be lots of pins. That's fine. It was kind of established early doors. It wasn't like after 15 minutes the pin started and then you know there were just a flurry. Although that could work as well. And it wasn't sort of Brett Sean at WrestleMania where they'd had the hour long line match where there wasn't a pinfall at all, um, which is kind of a slightly weird way of doing it. Um, the best one of best example of of that style was uh, Ricky Steamboat, Ric Flair in around eighty nine. Was it a sixty minute 90, match? It was a sixty minute match. In their great, they had a great trilogy. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was eighty nine. They had a great trilogy, and it was an hour long match, and it had gone fifty six minutes, fifty seven minutes, and at that point, the crowd had hour long matches were far more kind of prevalent, and the crowd were obviously expecting the draw, the heroic draw, presumably with Flair being pinned by Steamboat as the as the clock ran out. Um, but instead, with three minutes to go, uh, Ricky Steamboat got the pin out of nowhere. And so it was, you know, completely different to what the, the crowd had seen before. Uh, they weren't. They, it was one of those ones where they weren't expecting the finish, as as we saw. So I don't want to... Co- I don't necessarily want to compare this match to that match. But, um, you know, at least it had a, had a bit of surprise element. Well, praise indeed. Uh, who's the legal man um, uh, for that well, last bit? There were, yeah, the, yeah, rules, the, mm, rules. the rules. Cesaro was not a legal man, and he got the, the crucial pin. Um, so we ought to kind of flag that up with the uh, with Jack Tunney, I think. Mm. A referee allowing a bit of flexibility, a championship match. No, you have to have a legal last man. Last minute of an yeah. inaugural line. in and out. You've got to, who, is the, who is the commish at the moment? Who's the, uh, I don't think they have a commish. <laughs> They've got the general person? managers and... Who's the GM, then? Who do we appeal to? Well, it's, 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 Kurt? It's, it's, it's Kurt. Where, the, where was Kurt? He was backstage. He was, he was in the parking lot. Preparing <laughs> for his big performance. Yeah, uh, or there's Stephanie, who was nowhere during Great Balls at all. Probably just embarrassed by her father, insisting <laughs> that the business runs this way. Anyway, John, you seem to have recovered your mojo. So uh, let's take a very quick break, hopefully play an advert, and uh, we'll be back with some breaking news. Welcome back to Pop. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So... What are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. It's unknown. We're talking about Great Balls of Fire. It still sounds ridiculous <laughs> saying out now, but I don't think yes. we'll have to. Do you think they're going to do Great Balls next year? I really hope not, but they probably will. They're bigger probably, bigger and balls, yeah. They don't like to give up on things straight away. They like to kind of flog them for a couple of years and they go, oh, actually, it was a bad idea. Fair enough. Anyway, John, we've got some exciting news. What is it? We have. I mean, if you're enjoying this podcast, and I can't, I can't believe that anybody wouldn't. There are thousands and thousands of people who do enjoy it, including one listener uh, in South Sudan. So if that is you... Sir, I'm going to say sir, you may be a madam. There are no there are no women that listen to this, but... Yeah, that's probably true. Anyway, hello, person in South Sudan. Is there somebody in Peru as well? Yeah, we've got um, someone in Peru who I think might be Norberto Solano <laughs> because some of that football crossover. Anyway, John, what's well, the if, news? If either of you in Peru or South Sudan fancy making a trip to London, especially for the London Podcast Festival, then you should do that in September, which is when... the London Podcast Festival is on because uh, there's an offshoot a week before the London Podcast Festival proper kicks off on the weekend of the 16th of September. On the 9th of September, there is a special offshoot entire day dedicated to that uh, most significant and actually quite influential uh, sub-genre of podcasts. And sports entertainment as well. And sports yeah. entertainment. The, the wrestling podcast, and there's some properly big names, apart from, obviously, me and Ben, on the bill. Uh, the New Gen podcast there, Tuesday Night Jaw, How To Wrestling, uh, Us, obviously, parts unknown. The Attitude Era podcast and the Gorilla Position guys will all be there. And you can get tickets from the King's Place website. We'll be putting uh, direct links for our own show on our Twitter feed. I'm at Green Ben Green. John, you are... John underscore Ashdown. Okay, what time are we on? We're on the most prestigious... The 2.30 slot. slot. That's right, you either want to go on first or you want to go on last, and we are going on right in the middle. We're going head-to-head with How To Wrestling. With with a piss break podcast, (laughs) basically. We're um, Demolition against Tenryu and uh, Kitao. Kitao, yeah. I haven't heard that that name for a very long time. Anyway, we'll be doing doing lots of fun things. We'll be talking about um, our favourite matches from the past. We'll be, uh, John in particular, will be be reminiscing about the golden days of WCW. I'll probably be talking about Roman Reigns' chest protector, (laughs) the day I met Triple H. Uh, We'll also probably do a bit of football, wrestling, crossover thing, like managers, Royal Rumbles and stuff like that. There'll be there'll be all sorts of fun it's going to be a great day and uh on the podcast festival proper i'm doing uh, a how to be a producer session are you going to be having any special guests for that? no it's just a no. it's a solo show john not going to be any invites for any loyal friends and do you want to be a podcast producer <laughs> you just want to be <laughs> that's what my, that's the, my cut. <laughs> the, you just want to be the psychic anyway i want my cut of the gate no that's uh I'll, I'll be doing that i did that last year and uh it went down very well and i've done quite a few of these and we had, I had a very nice crowd so uh, that's during the festival proper i'll i'll put a, a link to that on my twitter as well that's how to be a podcast producer and uh you you'll be able to buy my book i've got a book out john did you know that i should have brought one myself oh, it's hardback this now Is as it? well yeah wow. yeah it's not one, not just one of those books that you print out from the internet no not anymore no anyway 
Uh, that was a very long plug. So um, what was it again, John? <laughs> <laughs> it's the London Podcast Festival's Day of day Wrestling. Of special Day of Wrestling yeah. material. Anyway, back to Great Balls of Fire and the uh, only match which didn't feature competitors with balls. is <laughs> 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 the women's match. It was Sasha versus um, Alexa Bliss. And um, I've got two notes here. Alexa did uh, an elbow pop thing. Um, which popped the crowd. Yeah, it was good. I thought that she was really hurt. Uh, you were a lot wiser to the fact. Uh, she basically sort of hyperextended her elbow or made her elbow bend the wrong way. It looked pretty horrible. And and also, you know, I say this as recently recovering from a torn tendon in my in my finger. I'm no longer ben wearing is, the spring. Deep, his, hand, his left hand is deeply disfigured. Yeah, I've got a very droopy in, uh, index finger, uh, but yeah, so she, she did that. But she was uh, she was playing possum, and she she then whacked Sasha, and um, yeah, and then there were subsequently a couple of nice Count moves. Out finish, which I you know regular listeners will know, I'm a big. Weirdly, I'm a big fan of the countout finish. We saw that last time out, uh, of course, with the Usos versus New Day, and I and I enjoyed that. That was nice Healy tactics, and and yeah. you know same thing again. I think it's great. I think it's a really. I mean, obviously, like the live crowd, it's always a little bit of a flat one for them. But I quite like it in a, as a way of getting over somebody as a heel and protecting both uh, both wrestlers. You know, you kind of have nobody comes out of it looking looking bad. You know, the Alexa Bliss comes out of it looking more of a cowardly heel, which is great. There was a lot of. Um there's a lot of physicality to follow this up. We'll come onto that in, uh, in a minute. There were, there were some really cool moves, or two particularly cool moves here from Alexa, who um, I haven't seen too much of. Um, I like the way she holds the belt, for sure. She is, on paper, the most successful uh, of the current crop of women's uh, fighters because she's, she's held the Raw and the SmackDown titles. titles. Yeah. Prestigious, very prestigious. Um, so she did. Uh, she did the the flippy thing, the the rolling flip with the knees, and then reversed it. And it was it was spot on. I mean, it was absolutely perfect land. Which I suppose it would be if you just basically do it in reverse. You land in exactly the same place as where you did it forwards. Something that that looked a lot more impactful was that uh, spot they did in the corner where um, they sort of it what? kind of it was set up for what could have been you know a superplex or something like that. And it was like a it's like a three sixty power bomb thing. Splash. It's probably called the Alexa bomb or the Bliss Bloss. Bliss Bloss. Something something like that. But it was really, really cool. It looked particularly good in slow mo when they did it on the replay. So uh, well done, Alexa. I was I was impressed. And Sasha Banks, of course, is uh, it's always quite entertaining in the ring. Um, but this this match, like we just said, really, really picked up after the after the count out finish because they uh, they chased each other to the back. Or to the to the ramp, got onto the announcers' table, and then there was some uh, there were some big spots there. A little bit like the the following match, actually, which we'll talk about. You had that, that slightly odd kind of dynamic of the in theory the face beating down the uh, the heel post match, which uh, you know doesn't make a great deal of sense. Although the you know the the action was was fine. Could you deal with uh, these two going up again uh, against each other at SummerSlam? There'll be something else yeah, in between. Quite, I quite like the kind of the, you know, there's the, it does feel like there's a there's a decent build between the you know Sasha's. It's, it's classic stuff, really, in a way. You know, heel has the belt and the, the face chases. That's 
That's you know good old fashioned style it's, wrestling. You know? It's wrestling one hundred and one. So you know you kind of um, what you what you need to build to is like some is a is a proper blow off match where um, you know the the final kind of reckoning is made. Well, speaking of the final reckoning, uh, it was match three in Roman versus Strowman. Uh, the big dog made to look like the big puppy as this one started. Uh, this was an ambulance match, which is a really stupid stipulation. I mean, it, it's it's like it's a casket match or a buried alive match with wheels. We called the finish as well, didn't we? I mean, we oh, absolutely. It was yeah. fairly obvious. I mean, it wasn't fairly obvious. It was completely obvious what was going to happen. Yeah, and th- that that finish being, in case you've forgotten it, listeners, because the match was, I thought, quite underwhelming. It was, uh, it was, it was Roman doing a spear and missing and going badoink into the into the ambulance and Braun closing the doors. Um, so this was probably the most underwhelming of their trilogy of matches. They fought before and after Mania. Uh, it was it was one all. So this was the rubber, if you will, although I'm sure this is going to continue based on the, the finish here. But I don't like Roman Reigns in red. That's one thing to be said. As you all know, listener, um, I don't like him in his chest protector either. But he was, but th- again, this was, this was really weird that, that Roman was completely heelish in this match. He was really nasty. He was very heelish with that, those chair shots yeah, to his injured elbow. Yeah, he was the one who took off the elbow protector yeah Braun comes back you know from his six month out in six weeks you know he's the he's the returning hero um and gets you know so he's he's all very brave and uh you know putting his body on the line and yeah he he was he was completely the baby and none more so than at the end after the match is officially over Roman comes out of the uh comes out of the ambulance puts Brawn into the, the end. He climbs through into the cabin, basically chucks out the dri- the ambulance driver who has been sat there in the ambulance patiently, for the, for the just doing his match, job, yeah. yeah, and decides to drive the ambulance containing Braun Strowman in the yeah because obviously he has to put Braun in the back of the back of the ambulance for them to drive off with him, and then decides to reverse into a truck or something. I mean, it was, it was classic. Um, nonsense basically it was classic pre-recorded backstage bollocks with complete with facials from uh, very bad actors Kurt, Kurt <laughs> face facials were probably the best thing about it in that they were so hilariously bad yeah I, I have to say I am looking forward to watching his 24 documentary because <laughs> these are without doubt the best things on the network mm. um, I'm, I'm a big fan of a wrestling documentary probably more so than the actual action itself um, but, but but yeah um, he's he is not a good actor at all. And poor old Kurt can't lift his arms. <laughs> he, he can lift his arms about as much as I can lift my index finger now. Um, anyway, we digress. Um, yeah, it was, this bit was all done in pretty bad taste, as we said earlier on. But it was, it was wrestling. I don't know. I, I have a little bit of a hard time with that sort of stuff just because I think it's... You used to be able to push that line a bit more, and I think these days I don't think you... You know, there are circumstances where announcers have had to be serious and like put mm. on the serious voice and make serious announcements, and they were basically pretending to be serious and worried in that same way. And it just that sort of thing just sits slightly badly with me. I mean, I'm probably being slightly oversensitive, but you know, it's been a long time since anybody's been. Uh, uh, you know, it's insane. The more serious incidents you can probably think of uh, have, have, have happened, but. Um, yeah, I, don't, I, I didn't. I didn't like it to be honest. Have you ever known? Have you ever known a bigger burial 
than Heath Slater versus Kurt That's Hawkins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I genuinely forgot it had happened until you just mentioned it just now. Yeah, because... It what, started, this headlock, was, this headlock. Was the other thing. This is kind of, so this was a very, very deliberate attempt to make the, the backstage brawn, you know, ambulance crash stuff feel more legitimate. I mean, obviously it made it, you know, anybody who's, you know, any kind of knowledge about what wrestling's about knew exactly what they were doing. But a match was also going on while this was going backstage and the, the two wrestlers in the ring kept sort of half looking back towards the, the back room and they didn't even show the finish. You just heard the bell ring while it's, the I've, camera was It was on. bizarre. I've never, ever seen anything like that before. No, they didn't, they didn't come back to the ring. They didn't do split screen, didn't do anything. They didn't acknowledge it on the commentary. No. Um, anything but it was just uh, yeah poor old poor old Heath Slater yeah. he's got kids um, as do I I don't it's not a boast <laughs> mine was um, yeah we were talking about things in bad taste um, I really think that they missed a trick in this pay-per-view instead of sort of the, the, the main gimmick match they had was was that ambulance match when really they should have had a great balls of fire match which could have been an inferno match and much like if you, if you recall, probably the first, certain, well, certainly the first, I don't know if it's been the only, uh, Kane versus The Undertaker Inferno match, where the winner had to, or the loser was the one who was set on fire. Great stipulation. Um, and poor old Kane and his massive hand got set on fire. <laughs> Wouldn't it have been great if someone had to set the other person falls on fire? Yeah. Vince would have absolutely fucking loved that. So that was a trick that they missed with this pay-per-view. Roman with his plums on fire. <laughs> Braun. The chest protector would be the last thing he was really worrying about at that stage. <laughs> yeah. We've missed out. We've missed out a match. The Miz versus Dean Ambrose again. Sum it up for me. In a sound. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Miz and the Miz Yeah. The Miz is still champion. Um, I should say also at this point, before we get to the main event, John, I, I got to witness your hiccups. Um, in I this. know that, and anybody who's witnessed them will never forget them. Oh, the Ashdown hiccup, ladies and gentlemen, is or gentlemen is the uh, is is truly. It's the loudest sound I think I ever. Made. It's the tenth wonder of the world <laughs> after Andre and China. Gimmick, <laughs> actually, you know, it'd be terrifying. He's mid- gonna hiccup. Start <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've got quite a loud hiccup myself, but this. This was like a banshee calling this. <laughs> anyway, you'll be pleased to know that uh, I gave John a big fright and uh, he's all right now. Well, I got a big fright when uh, the the main event came up. Why was that? Because Brock Lesnar and Samoa are frightening individuals. They are very frightening. Now, so th- this was the reason I was jazzed for this pay-per-view. Uh, Samoa Joe versus Brock. What what a spectacle this should have been and this kind of was um but yeah i mean this is this is not the sort of fight you'd you'd expect wwe to put on quite frankly when they've got john cena and randy orton and for a title for the universal title the the lesser of the two titles brock back for the first time since april um having done up to that about you know, six minutes of wrestling in nine months. And here he was. Here he was against Samoa Joe, who has come on so much. You know, he, he'd spent a year, possibly more, in NXT, having done his 18 years away and, you know, looking those horrible shorts, looking fat, but being an incredible, incredible wrestler. And here he is in the WWE in a championship match. I thought that was, you know, it was, it's quite a statement in itself. And he 
was by far the stronger of the two guys here. He he really he really put on an excellent showing yeah. and, and was allowed to. They make him look strong. Yeah, the, you know he put um, put Braun. No, he didn't put Braun. He took put uh, Brock Brock through the Spanish announce table right from the off. The only thing I would I would say is that he um, as the match went on. He was kind of only looking for the one move, which is kind of makes him a little bit one. Yeah, I, I didn't like the that move over more than it puts him over. Well, also because uh, Brock is pretty much one move as well. Apart from his finisher, he is Suplex City. So it kind of after all the the strikes and the knees to the face and the cool kicks uh, from from Samoa Joe, it pretty much turned into Kakina Clutch versus Suplex, and then. Uh, lo and behold, you know they they repeated the spot of the choke on and and Brock fading, 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 and then kicking out and doing doing some sort of power move, and then he gets him in the F five, and boom, that's it. Now, two two schools of thought on this. One, well, that was quite a quick way to end the match um, and feel a bit cheated. But two, and and I subscribe to this. I thought, well, it's nice to see a finisher being a finisher. Again, and that sort of made me think more of a UFC kind of fight, and you know, a knockout punch or something, or just you know, you don't do, you don't do the same thing over and over again. And I can't remember um, a match with Brock Lesnar where he's only had one F five to do, yeah. and that's it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I me, mean, I'm a big fan of finishes being finishes. Problem is, if everybody kicks out of them, and then one time you just let one of them beat somebody, it just makes that person look weak. And I think it just made Joe look a little bit uh, weak. And as everybody knows, if you, if you watch MMA, the longer you're in some sort of chokehold, the stronger you get, which is why uh, uh, Brock was able to power up for that, for that F5. So those little things were kind of slightly irritating. But the match was, the match was fine. I didn't think it was a... It wasn't, certainly wasn't a classic, and I'm sure the, the, you know, there's, the, there's um, the potential for better things ahead for both of them, I think. Do you think they will go up... Against each other again. I mean, we although Joe was sort of flat on his back and he, you know, he took the F five and Brock Brock left the ring. The, the the final shots were of a snarling Joe looking. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's up it was, for revenge. It was only six minutes long, six twenty five. So off the top of your head, yeah, as I remember, mm-hmm. I was counting in my head, um, which is probably the sum of the three matches that he had with Goldberg, I suppose, over the last year. Um, which is not a bad way to earn a living, quite frankly. Yeah, good work if you can get it. Yeah. Um, but he still has that... Spe- there is something a little bit special still about Brock. And, he's very uh, purple. You know. No, he's just... You know, there's a... There's a, um, there's a presence there that you don't that you don't get with everybody. And you, you don't get with, with many people at all. He got a huge cheer at the end. And when he came in. He did, yeah. He gets he gets a reaction that, that not many people get. So, you know, he'll be... You know, he'll be cashing those checks for a little while, yeah. What are your dream matches coming out of this, say, for, for SummerSlam? My dream match would be Heath Slater, Braun Slo- Strowman. Braun Slowman. Slo- <laughs> <laughs> Heath Slater, Braun Strowman, because uh, Heath will clearly be really annoyed about Braun's injury. Oh, actually, no, maybe, no, maybe be, Roman Reigns. Yeah, because be he stole his So his Heath Slater's limelight, his second on the card, you know, second from the top, has been stolen by Roman's ambulance antics. Uh, I think Cesaro and Sheamus versus uh, Sasha Banks, Seth versus Enzo. I think would be a great matchup, and 
Big Cass versus Akira Tozawa. You know what I'd really like to see? I'd like to see Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles. I just think that would be a really cool flippy match. Yeah. Yeah, you're not... It's hard to get excited about it though, isn't it? You're like a hoss more than a flipper. (laughs) I like... I like... I like matches with stories with characters that I care about. And on that bombshell, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to read John a story so that he can go to sleep and we're going to call it a night. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Parts Unknown. You'll find us um, on Twitter. I'm at Green Ben Green. John, you're at John underscore Ashdown. I just stole your line. Correct. Yeah, okay. That's the way we do it. Uh, remember, we are live at the London Podcast Festival, uh, the day of wrestling instead of the day of rest, on Saturday, the 9th of September. What else is going on this summer? England-South Africa Test Series. That'll be fun. Cricket. Cricket, Wimbledon. There's the Open Golf next weekend, I think, I think there is. Um, yeah, it's a, big, it's a big summer of sport. Aside from the cricket, John, give me a recommendation of a match to watch on uh, either the, the WWE Network or YouTube. Oh, well, I'll tell, tell you what's a good match. If you've never seen it, uh, in fact, watch the whole pay-per-view, or at least watch all the kind of snippets. Uh, Flair Vader from, from 73, 1993. Starcade. 93 Flair Vader is uh, is a really it's one of the best I mean Starcade you think of as being WCW's Wrestlemania it's not really certainly after sort of sort of 89 onwards it's 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 not um, but that's kind of that the match the Flair Vader match is probably the best main event of the last 10 years of Starcade can Ric Flair get the figure four onto can the you fat just man have to find out Ben. I'm not going to spoil can it. Can he you. kick out of the Vader bomb? Can he? That's the, that's and the, the moonsault. Yeah. Does Vader keep his mask on? Good question. I don't think he does, actually. Oh. The mask might come off. And yeah, you see, get to see Charlotte as well, a young Charlotte. I don't mean that in a weird way. Like, <laughs> I think you do. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> she's just there. And, like, there's some lovely vignettes uh, back at the Flair household. It's all about his family and his, uh, his great comeback to face the monster. It's lovely. It's a, it's a really lovely, lovely story. <laughs> And a, and a good match, a really good match. Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna tip my hat towards, uh, and this is uh, thank you very much to the Attitude Era podcast guys um, for the Great American Bash 2007, which features the first ever Punjabi prison match uh, between Big Show and the Undertaker. It's really not very good, but uh, the rest of the card is also pretty poor. Uh, Batista versus Mr. Kennedy as the uh, as the main event. Um, there's a lot of blood throughout the pay-per-view. A lot of blood from Mr. Kennedy, who... He was, had, his, had a rocket strapped to his back at one point, and then he got done for... He got done for drugs. Drugs, yeah. Well, for performance-enhancing drugs rather than any other drugs. Any recreation, recreation. And then I believe he changed his name to Mr. Anderson, because he was... Yeah, he was in TNA for a while. Yeah, he was Kennedy because that's, of course, uh, Vince VK McMahon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any was other he, VK characters that you know? VK Wall Street. Yeah. Also known as? Uh, Owen Shyster. Also known as? Mike Rotundo. Also known as? <laughs> Go on. It's Bray Wyatt's dad. We always talk about him. This is known as like v- he, he was Big Daddy V. Yeah, Big Daddy V. Not Big, Big Daddy VK. He's dead. Yes, he is. But I don't think he was Big Daddy Vincent. No. Big Daddy V. Oh, he looked absolutely disgusting. Just... While we're, while we're still on air, John, do, do a Google Images for Big Daddy V, dearly departed. He was apparently a very nice man, by the way. Um, that's what they say, but 
oh, his his outfit is Big Daddy V. He's really grim. <laughs> he looks a little bit. He gets. He looks a bit like a Dunn of the Butcher at this stage. Yeah, that's right. Um, you remember he was he was um, Mabel in uh, Men on a Mission. Yeah. Uh, in which he was covered in a giant purple sort of tent. <laughs> um, he was King Mabel. He was King Mabel for a time. He main evented. Uh, he was the I worst think, ever. Did he main event a SummerSlam? I think Diesel. he was. He was up against Diesel. It was the worst ever main event. Yeah. Terrible, terrible idea. Anyway, he's dead. A big, uh, a big unit. Just sad. I, I kind of subscribe to the um, with my own mortality. I subscribe to the Louis C.K. idea of you know I've given up on trying to like look look good, but I just want to be in a position where when I die, people have to ask how did it happen rather than being told. <laughs> Oh, so and so died, and then just going, yeah, obviously, yeah, it figures. I need to. I want at least there to be some doubt about the method of my dismissal. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Parts on Night. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs> <laughs>